Amen. You may, you may remain seated for the reading. Amen. The Bible says this from the King James Version of the Scriptures, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 5. Y'all there? All right. It says, but be, uh, uh, but watch thou in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Make full proof of thy ministry. Let me read it one more time. It says, but watch thou in all things, in all things, endure affliction, do the work of an evangelist, and make full proof of thy ministry. Amen. Full proof of thy ministry. Hmm. Wow. May God add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of his word. Amen. Amen. Well, today I want to talk about, or speak from the subject, keep watch. Keep watch. Keep watch. Amen. Keep watch. That's important. Um, God, we thank you. Father, we praise you. Lord, we glorify your name. We honor you, Lord, for this being a day that you've made, and we have decided to rejoice and to be glad in it. God, as we go into your word and as uh, you speak to us today, open our understanding, open our hearts, that we can hear from you, that we would be able to process and come into a full and complete knowledge, Lord, of your purpose and your destiny for our lives. And this we thank you, and this we praise you, and this we ask in Jesus' matchless, marvelous name. Let everyone say amen. Amen, amen, amen. In the days of the Romans, um, in the early days, in the first century, uh, the Romans had what was called uh, watch. Watch. There were four different watches. Amen. It was the first watch, second, third, and the fourth watch. Four watches. And they would watch from 6 to 9. Then they would watch from 9 to 12. Then they would watch from 12 to 3. Then they would watch from 3 to 6. Sounds like all day. Amen. They kept watch. They kept watch at the first watch. And one, uh, the commander would tell one or, or the sergeant or whoever was in charge would tell this one, you, you take the first watch. And after he does his watch, that was three hours. You take the next watch. After he does his watch, that was three hours. He was then, and so on, and so on, and so on. But the, the Jews adapted this particular form uh, from the Romans. They adapted this. They, 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 they took it as their own, and, and they used it to keep watch, to keep watch. And we're living in a day and time and in a season where we're going to have to watch ourselves. We're going to have to keep watch. Amen. Not only just of the day and of the time and of the seasons, uh, but we're going to have to keep watch over who we are and what we do as a people. Amen. Amen. 
we, we have to do that. Amen. And so, so again, the, the, the scriptures tells us, it says, but, but watch thou in all things, not just in partial things, not just in a few things, but in all things, all things. Why is that so important to watch in all things? Because if you watch in one area, guess what? The other part of the, the, the other side of that is going to go lacking. And the reason why they had a 24-hour guard, 24-hour watch, is because the enemy was always at work. The enemies were always at work. And the Romans were skillful warriors. They were skillful. They, they knew warfare. They knew how to do warfare. Amen. They had a process even when they, when they would polish up their, their breastplate. This is why Paul wrote so, so eloquently about uh, in Ephesians 6 about putting on the armor. They would polish their breastplates up because nine times out of ten, most wars were fought in the daytime. Very few wars were fought at night. And, and a lot of times when the war was fought at night, it was a carryover from the war that started early that morning. But they would polish their, their breastplates up, and what they would do is they would find where the sun is. They would find the sun, and they would allow, they would fight against the sun. They would try to position themselves against the sun so that with the, when the enemy came to, to attack them, the, the sun would reflect off of the breastplate and blind the enemy so much so that they would be able to strike their enemies down. This is why uh, Ephesians 6 says, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. Shine so much in your righteousness, amen, that your enemy won't be able to, to be an accuser of you. Amen? Shine so much in your in, in, on your breastplate, and so they they were very skillful, but they were they were they were they were very uh, uh, they they were very serious about watching, and they kept twenty four hour guard, twenty four hour watch, 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 and I believe that that God is calling for us, Amen. Not that He's just now calling, but He's been calling for us to do the same. That we're going to have to step up. Amen. As Elder Handy said this morning, we're going to have to step up to another level and keep some real serious watch. If you're taking notes, let's get to this. Amen. I won't be all day with it. But the first thing I want you to understand is that you got to watch your will. W-I-L-L. -L, watch your will. Amen. Watch your will. Hebrews 10.7 says, uh, then said I, lo, I come. The rest of that text says in the volume of the book, and it says, oh, oh, God, oh, God, to do to do thy will, oh, God, to do thy will, oh, God, I come to what do thy will, oh, God, not my will, <laughs> not, 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 not my will, but to do his will. And the problem that we have today is many people, they they, 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 they persist on doing it their way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their way. I, 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 this is how I was raised. This is what I know. This is what's familiar to me. And this is how I'm going to always do things. And God is calling for us to make a, make a, to make a paradigm shift. He's calling for us to shift from one place of familiarity to another place. Amen. Like, like he told Peter. Like he told Peter, listen, you want to do this? Step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone. Step on the water. Keep your focus on me, and you'll be able to do it. That's right. That's right. Right? 
Keep your focus on me and you'll be able to do it. So we have to stop persisting. We have to stop insisting on doing it our way and find out what his way is. Here's a quote from a very awesome gentleman that I know. Um, It says this. It's hard to live on principle when you're led by preference. It's hard to live on principle when you're led by preference. Let me give him credit for that quote. Apostle A.H. Ross. <laughs> Amen. I made that quote, I made that quote over a couple of years ago, and Dad Nelson's been using it ever since. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But he loves that quote. But but it's 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 serious. I was just sitting down one day and, and contemplating of God and and the thing, and God says, you know, it's hard to live. It's hard to live on principle. Amen. If you're led by preference. Preference is what you like to do, what you choose to do, what's comfortable, what's convenient. That's preference. Amen. So in this season, we're called to watch our will. We have to watch it. Watch our will. Watch our will. In other words, let me find out what God is saying and then let me operate in that, even though it's uncomfortable. Even though I ain't feeling it, even though it may go against everything that my flesh said. And my flesh wants to do, I'm going to go ahead and step on out and do what God called me to do. Some of you all sitting here, God has called you to uh, hire in ministry. He, he, even, even sitting right here in JOC, God has called you to do some things in ministry, amen, that you know is lacking even here. And he wants you to do it, amen. But, but the flesh says, I ain't quite ready for that. I don't, that's not really me, <laughs> you know. That's not me. That's not me. No, it's not you, and it's never going to be you because it's called God. Because the Bible says it's him that works in you to will and to do his what? His good pleasure. He's the one that's going to do it. Amen. You just got to get out of the way and let him do it. Amen. So, so, so again, Jesus, Jesus prayed, not my will, Lord, not thy will. be. He says, but, but my, my will, but your will be done. Your will be done. Amen. So 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 we can we can be a blessing only when we yield to what God wants us to do. That's when you can be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Jesus was praying and he says, Lord, if it is possible for this cup to pass, let it pass. But if not, nevertheless, nevertheless, your will be done. Your will be done. He was on his way to the cross. And that's the cup he was talking about. He didn't want to have to drink from that. He didn't want to have to drink from the fact that the Romans were going to beat him. He didn't want to have to drink from the fact that uh, he was going to have crowns of thorns placed on his head. He didn't want to drink from that. Amen. He didn't want to drink from the piercing in the side and the, and the, and the nails in the hand and the spitting on and the pulling of the beard and all of that kind of stuff and the ridicule, the shame. He didn't want to drink from that cup. So he said, God, if, 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 if it can pass, let it pass. But nevertheless. How many pray nevertheless prayers? <laughs> oh, boy. That's a hard prayer to pray sometimes. I'll be honest with you. That's, that's difficult. Amen? That's a difficult prayer to pray. Amen. Nevertheless. You, I, know what, I know what I want. I know what the flesh wants. I know what I desire. Amen. But that go that preference thing again. That go that preference thing. I prefer this. But principle says this. But I, I prefer this. Amen. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? 
Any, anytime you put two dogs in the fight, the one you feed, that's the one that wins. <laughs> Amen. That the nourished one, not the malnourished one. All right. Amen. So watch your will in this season. Next, watch your ways. Watch your ways. Oh, boy. Watch your ways. Watch your ways. The Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 7 that when a man's ways pleases the Lord, that he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Even his enemies. Ever wondered why your enemies just all of a sudden just, just like you? <laughs> all of a sudden they bringing your coffee. All of a sudden they, you know, asking you if, 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 if when they go out to lunch, do you want, want them to bring you something back? You know, folks that just didn't like you. Amen. Even in the church, folks that just didn't like you. Now all of a sudden they, they, they all, they're all lovey-dovey with you. Amen. But, but, but many, many, many times, many times, uh, we end up following the way of sin and following the way of Satan if we're not careful. And this is why we have to watch our ways. Watch what we do. Watch how we do things. Amen? All right? So we have to understand this. Now, when I think about ways, I, I, I go back and I think about, I thought about Jude one eleven. Jude one eleven. Jude 1.11. Let's get that. Jude is one chapter, so you can't go wrong. All right? It says, woe to them in verse 11. They have taken the way, look at this, the way of Cain. What, what is he saying here? They have rushed for profit into Balaam's era, and they have, destroy, have been destroyed in, in, um, in Korah's rebellion. So they've taken the way of Cain, rushed for profit into the way of Balaam, and they have been destroyed, destroyed uh, in Korah's rebellion. What is, what is, what is uh, Jude trying to convey here? What was the way of Cain? Cain's offering was not received by God with favor because of, number one, Cain's attitude, and number two, the Bible says that Cain brought some of the first fruits of his, of, his, of his crops, some of. The word of God says that Abel brought the fat portion. Yeah. Fat portion meant that he brought the very best, amen, that God required, the very best. One was a man of the soil. The other one was a man of, 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 uh, of cattle, of sheep, flocks, if you will, amen. And so... Didn't really matter, but God was looking for the best. He was looking for the best. So, so in your ways, are you giving God your best, or have you gone the way of Cain? Now, if you're going the way of Cain, you know exactly what happened to Cain. The word of God says that Cain was cast, away, cast out, of the, out, of, out of God's presence, and a mark was placed upon him, and that anybody that killed him, they would be cursed and, and uh, seven times over. Amen. They would, something bad would happen to them. God's curse on Cain was that he would be a restless wanderer in the earth. And many folks have the spirit of Cain, and their spirits are restless, and they're wandering because they have not fully submitted to the ways of God. They're still doing it their own way. 
their own way. It's just me. Okay. <laughs> All right, me. I got you. Amen. You know, I laugh when I see youngsters try to swell up and be all tough and hard. And I remember those days. I remember the days when I was that guy. And amen. And I also remember the days when I was that guy that when you swole up, I caved your chest in. You know, I remember that too. Amen. I, I, yeah, I, I remember those days. Amen. But that type of stuff is just so unappealing to me now. I mean, it was just so unappealing because it, it, it has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with his mercy. It has nothing to do with his long suffering. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with my own way and our own ways and the ways that we choose to do things. Amen? Amen. All right. So have you gone the way of Cain? Now, what was the way of Balaam? Balaam tried to sell Israel out. Balaam was one who was going after riches, amen, like some of our modern day preachers. They are more concerned about preaching for the dollar and, 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 and distorting the gospel so much so that Israel, uh, he was leading Israel into, into idol worship and sexual immorality. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was an angel that met him on the road. The angel met Balaam on the road, and the angel was standing there with the sword in his hand. And the donkey had sense enough. Huh? The donkey had, thank you, the donkey had sense enough to bow down at the sight of the angel. Balaam was beating the donkey. Beat him. And, and finally, the Lord gave the donkey the ability to speak. And the donkey said, hey, man. This is my version. <laughs> he said, hey, man, why you keep beating me? You done beat me three times here. What's really cracking? You know, what, what, what's going on? Why you beating me? <laughs> Don't you see that angel standing over there? What's wrong with you? You know? And so God tried to give him warning after warning after warning. If you keep if you go back in the book of Numbers, you'll read, you'll see the oracle of Balaam, oracle of Balaam, oracle of Balaam. Amen. And God tried to give him, but he hooked up with Balak. And, and, and all he wanted to do was, was, was get the money. That was it. He just wanted to get the money. <laughs> Amen? Have you gone the way of Balaam? Then Korah. Korah's my favorite. I like Korah. Because Korah got jealous against Moses. Korah says, hey, man, you ain't the only dude that can hear from God. So I'm going to grab the meal congregation, and we're going to come against you. Moses said, I tell you what, tell you what, in the morning, we're going to meet over here. And when we meet over here, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to make a declaration before you and all the people. Moses says, I tell you what, I tell you what, if they die today like mere men, then y'all know that God sent me to do this thing. And guess what happened? <laughs> they got swallowed up in the ground. Swallowed up in the ground because he decided that he thought Moses was getting just a little bit too press, too much press, right? Thought Moses was just, you know, I can do that. I can do that. I can lead them people. I can preach on Sundays every Sunday. I can get up every Sunday and preach. I can do it. I can do it. And the problem is, is what Moses made look easy, Balaam thought that he could do it. 
Have you gone the way of Balaam? Watch your ways. Watch your words. Here's the third thing. Watch what you say. The Bible says in James 3.2, if a man, if a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. If a man sin not in word, the same is a perfect man. There are some people that pride themselves on being nasty with their words. There are some people that go, go out of their way to, to, to look for opportunities to say things to you that are harmful and hurtful. Generations of families in, in families, uh, 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 mothers and grandmothers and ages back have used words to harm this one and to harm that one and to harm this one and to harm that one. And they, and they just thought that it was just the way it ought to be. Just the way it ought to be. Just take pride in it. In abusive language. Amen? And the Bible says right here very clear in James 3, 2, if a man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. The same is the perfect man. Some people are careless with their words. They discourage people. They depress people. They destroy with their critical thinking, with their, with their, with their cynicism, amen, with cutting words. And God is saying that you got to watch all of that. You got to be careful with that. Careful how you talk to one another. The word, matter of fact, the, God, the Bible instructs us to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. That's what the Bible says. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. That don't sound like words that tear you down. Don't sound like words that cut you up. Don't sound like words that are abusive. You just like your old daddy, and you all always be like your old daddy. You just make me sick. You're dumb. You can't learn. I don't know what the problem is at that school. All them teachers ain't lying. <laughs> you know what that does to a child? Self-esteem? Because sometimes the teachers are lying. <laughs> Trust me, I know. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes they all lie. Sometimes you got some teachers that are just downright mean and nasty. Sometimes it depends on how the child looks. It depends on their skin tone, skin color. Amen. Texture of that, it doesn't matter. They just may not like you just because they just don't like you. That's just the way it is. That's the way of the world. Amen. But we have to watch our words. Listen. Kind words glorify God. They, they glorify God. They bring, they bring blessings. They bring confidence. Amen. When you can speak kindly to a person. Do you know what, what, what one, of the, one, of the, one of the number one qualities of a leader is? Is how you can make that person feel about themselves to the point that they want to do better. That they want to do better. Yes, a leader has to rebuke. Yes, a leader has to tell the truth. Yes, a leader has to get in your face sometimes and, 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 you know, bring you down a couple of pegs. But ultimately, a leader ought to be one that builds you up. Builds you up, not tear you down. I've been in ministries where I've seen it so oppressive. So oppressive. I mean, everything is just from top down. Top down, top down, top down. You can't make a decision about this. You can't make a decision about that. It's oppressive. Amen? If 
a person has been given a task in any given ministry position, um, that person should not have to be micromanaged. <laughs> Amen. And, and the words that come from that leader ought to be words of encouragement. You allow people to, 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 to foul up, to mess up, because guess what? You messed up at one point in time and somewhere along the way. You messed up. Amen? You messed up, and so you can't get this holier-than-thou attitude when it comes to leading people. Because you messed up. Amen. <laughs> if, if, if I had a dime for every time I saw something I didn't like, <laughs> I'd be rich. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Some things you just, have to, you just have to let the growth process take place. But tearing people down with words, I'm not talking about telling them the truth. And then even in truth, there's a way to tell the truth. I'm going to pull this quote up, and I, wanna, I, wanna, I want y'all to write this quote down. I got this quote from Robbie's, Ravi Zacharias. Let me see if I can find it real quickly without prolonging the time. But it's, it was so, 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 so very important. So very important. Let me find this quote. And I think you will appreciate. I think you will appreciate this quote. Uh, let's see. Let me find it real quickly. All right. So. Ravi. Ravi. R-A-V-I. Ravi Zacharias. All right. Listen to what Ravi Zacharias says about telling people the truth. Watch this. He says, truth not undergirded by love. I'm going to take my time so you can write this down. Truth not undergirded by love. Makes the truth obnoxious. And the possessor of it, repulsive. Hmm. Truth not undergirded by love makes the truth obnoxious and the possessor of it repulsive. You get that? If there's no love when you're talking to people and telling them the truth, it becomes obnoxious to them. In other words, it becomes irritating when there is no love. And then it also makes you, what was the last word I said? Repulsive. You, you repel people when you're not speaking in love. You repel them. This is a repellent. Amen. They, they don't want it. They don't want They turn you off. They tune you out. They don't want to hear you no more. Wow. Watch your words. Next to the last one, number four, watch your work in this season. Watch your work. For we are laborers together with God, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. Many times we're busy in our own selfish pursuits. 
So much so that we fail to recognize the urgency of just stopping sometimes and trying to win souls. We're so ministry oriented a lot of times that we just forget about there's a soul out there. The end result or the, or, the, or, the, or the ultimate purpose of why every church exists is soul winning. That's the open every song, every sermon, every 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 lesson taught is all about the fact that the ultimate goal is to win souls. To, to, to feel the kingdom, amen, to populate the kingdom and empty hell out of, if, as, as much as possible. Amen. So we must work while we have the opportunity. <laughs> because again, Matthew 9, 37 says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are too few. The harvest is plentiful, but we ain't got enough folks to work, the labor, uh, for, for, uh, to, work to work out in the harvest field. So that's what Jesus told the disciples. He said, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Where are the workers in 2019? The workers. We could pray all day, God, send them, send them, send them. God is saying, yeah, go get them, go get them, go get them. <laughs> Amen. Go get them. The only sin prayer that God is, and when I say sin, it's S-E-N-D. The only prayer that he's looking for is that the Lord will send out workers into the harvest field. Not, not, not praying them in. I'm praying them in. I'm going to pray them in. <laughs> I'm going to sit in and eat chips and pray them in. No, you got to go get them. <laughs> they out there. Amen. The church is out there. That's where it is. Yes, we're the church. We already know we're the church, but they don't know they're the church. They don't know it. Because guess how you're going to know when they know? Guess, and guess how they're going to know when they know? When they hear you preach the gospel, when they hear you say the word of God, it's something going to resonate on the inside of them. And a light is going to come on and something's going to quicken on the inside of them. And they're going to be drawn to that message. You can preach to ten people and only five receive it. The same exact message, only five receive it. That's the ones you want to pull out of there. Pull them on out. Then you go back out and get your five more. Amen. Amen. You put your hook in the water, and I'm telling you, it may be thousands of fish in there, but you only may catch 10 or 15 that day. Amen. Amen. Not every fish is going to bite on your hook. Not every one. It's just not going to happen. Here's the last one. So we got to watch our will. We got to watch our ways, watch our words, watch our work. Lastly, we got to watch that walk. Watch how you walk. Amen. Colossians 2 and verse 6 says, uh, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus, so walk ye in him. So walk ye in him. Hmm. What, what am I saying? I'm saying this, that in him, the word of God says, in him we live, we move, we have our being. Not independent of him, not outside of him, but in him. In him. When we walk, we got to walk in him. That's why the Bible says, uh, walk in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. No matter what that lust is, I don't care what it is, not just sexual immorality, there's all kind of lust out there. Amen. So we got to walk in him. 
So our daily walk, our daily influence, amen, has to be in him. We have to, in, we can influence folk when, we, when we're in him and not independent of it. Too many people, too many folk are so busy trying to be independent of Jesus. That's why the churches are empty, because people are trying to be independent of the way home. And the way home is through the vehicle of the church. God wouldn't have instituted the church had he not meant for the church to be a vehicle and a process to get to the kingdom. And first of all, to do kingdom business right here in this earth. We're called to colonize this earth. We're called to. Why? Because we're not of this world. And by us being not of this world, we're called, amen, to do the king's business wherever we go. Oh, God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So we got to understand that Christ is coming back. <laughs> he ain't going to tarry always. He is coming back. And when he comes back, he's going to receive the folk that walk with him. That's the ones he's coming back for. And he says, well, in my father's house, there are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would not have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you. That one day I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. Amen. That's a promise from Jesus himself. He promised that. And I'm looking forward to that great day, that great getting up morning when he comes back. And we are right there to receive him. Right there to receive everything that he has for us. And the Bible says, amen, that we're going to receive a crown. <laughs> but guess what I'm going to do with my crown? I'm going to do exactly what the word of God says. I'm going to take it and cast it at his feet. Amen? How many want to cast crowns? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to the day when I can cast my crown, take my crown of cast it at his feet. Because God, if it had not been for you, I wouldn't have this thing. And I'm going to take it. I ain't going to take it and get in the mirror and profile with it and all of that. No, it's going at his feet. Amen. That's where it belongs. Amen. That's where it belongs. So we got to watch in this season. Be watchful. Be watchful. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Amen. Because why? You're the enemy, the devil, prowls. He goes around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He looking. He's on the prowl. And you got to keep watch. Amen. You got to keep watch. Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's pray.